1: A feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Anne-Marie Doremus is a commissioner for the Arkansas Game and Fish Department. I wanted to have her on because she is at the front lines of showcasing what hunter dollars are doing for game and fish restoration in the state of arkansas the commissioners even though politically appointed have a heart for conservation have a heart for wildlife and have a huge mantle of responsibility put on their shoulders when it comes to ensuring that the resources are available for our kids and our grandkids to enjoy one day So, I wanted to have this conversation with Anne Marie to really dig into what hunter dollars are doing for wildlife conservation
2: in the state of Arkansas. All right. Anne Marie, true or false? Hunters do nothing for wildlife in the state of Arkansas.
3: You want me to give you my thoughts right now?
1: Uh, We're live and we're recording,
3: of course. (laughs) Hunters do. Everything for the outdoors in the state of Arkansas. Without hunters, we at the Arkansas Game and Fish could not do what we do as far as habitat projects, uh restoration projects. I mean, it's just impossible. The outdoors heavily relies on the backs of our sportsmen and women. That's a fact.
1: That is a fact, indeed. And um, before we go any further, I want you to introduce yourself. Anne-Marie, please go ahead and introduce yourself.
3: Absolutely. My name is Anne-Marie DeRamis. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, born and raised in the natural state of Arkansas. And I currently serve as a commissioner on the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission.
1: How long have you been a commissioner?
3: Going on my third year now, Robbie, which blows my mind. Uh, It seems like year two kind of went in a blur because of COVID. But uh, year three is kicked off and going. And it's great to be back in action, out seeing people, talking to people, talking about future projects, meeting in person. Uh, I feel like I'm humid again.
1: That's awesome. No, I think we all are Unfortunately, right now things are going a little spiky again, Um, but um, I think everyone is just a little fatigued and they want to be outdoors and they want to invest in the outdoors. Did you see in the state of Arkansas, maybe you've seen the statistics or the data, did you see a spike in hunter recruitment, hunter license sales in 2020?
3: Uh, yes, it was pretty steady on the hunting side. We did see, did see a slight increase, but I'll tell you where we really saw the increase fishing. was actually, yes, fishing. We saw almost a 48% increase wow. in fishing license sales. That's crazy. It, it's incredible. 48%. And you know, yeah, 48%. And I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but you know, a lot of people associate Arkansas with being, uh, the waterfowl state, which we are, we're the rice and duck capital of the world. Uh, but truth be told
1: we terrible have terrible waterfowl hunting in arkansas hey nobody, now. Go, nobody go duck hunting in arkansas we need to keep it a secret
3: yeah okay yeah we do need to keep it a secret you're right all right no i we're happy to share it with folks it's a it's a treasure and it definitely is a draw and it's good for uh, especially a lot of those small towns in the delta but we actually sell more trout stamps than we do duck stamps so i'll
1: say i have been a trout fisherman um, that's what I just started fishing in South Africa. We don't have we didn't do, in, participate in much fishing. The only fishing we did was in the mountains for trout. And so when I was at Ole Miss, um, I was fortunate enough to connect with some folks, and we went up to the the confluence of the Norfolk and the White. And we it is the White, right? I think Norfolk yeah, yeah. and the White. Anyway, and uh, we camped over there, and we spent two days. And the fishing was magnificent. It was, and we rented a kayak and it was a float on top kayak. And literally it was, the mist was down. Like we went into mist, out of mist. And the fishing was just for six hours was out of this world fishing.
3: Oh, I bet. Hey, we have incredible trout fishing. Yes, in the Northern part of the state, but we also have the treasured uh, Little Red River here close to central Arkansas. And great bass fishing, too. Uh, I love right? Yeah, yeah. We have smallmouth bass and largemouth bass uh, throughout the state. So we're very diverse when it comes to our aquatic species. And also, I always like to tout on this. When I first joined the commission, I remember one of our deputy directors said this, and I use it almost too much. And that is Arkansas is the only state that you have the opportunity to elk hunt and alligator hunt. All within the same state line.
1: So do you have a that's a that's wow. Okay.
3: Yeah. Do I, you I have, have an elk, elk season? Does Arkansas you. have an
1: elk season now?
3: Yes, yes. Arkansas does have an elk season. Elk were uh introduced into Arkansas. I, I couldn't tell you the exact year. I want to say I'm not I'm not gonna butcher it, so I'm not I'm not gonna give a date, but they were reintroduced uh successfully into Arkansas. And uh, the population is sustainable enough for us to actually have an elk season. And, you know, we talk about uh, federal funds and wildlife restoration dollars and improving wildlife habitat uh, that has gone into our, in making our elk herd sustainable.
1: All right. So Let's let's be blunt about it. Okay. Okay. You never, uh, elk were probably extirpated out of Arkansas about the same time as they probably were extirpated out of Kentucky, Tennessee, you know, probably in the 1840s, eighteen fifty. Right, right. You now have elk. That's right. There's only one reason the state of Arkansas has elk. And that is?
3: Because they were brought here. They were actually gifted to us. Uh, By who? I believe, I know it was a neighboring state. I Let's want forget to say,
1: about who the state was. I want to say who made it happen.
3: Who made it happen? The Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. That's
1: through it. through who?
3: Through hunters.
1: Through hunters. Gosh, that took a while to get there, Marie. It on.
3: did. I feel like I'm doing a pop quiz right now. You're asking <laughs> uh, like easy questions, but making them hard. I'm like, wait a minute.
1: Well, I was a professor in the wildlife fisheries department, so. I like it. A yeah. Yeah. How I was long a did professor you do that? In the I was uh, was at Mississippi State University in the Department of Wildlife Fisheries and Aquaculture. I was there for six years. I did a lot of work actually with the University of Arkansas Extension Service, the guy called Mike Daniels, in water quality work down in the Arkansas Delta, uh, working with rice farmers and how to improve water quality moving downstream to help fisheries and wildlife and all the
3: rest Wonderful. So you're very familiar with Arkansas.
1: I am. I am. And I have had the fortunate pleasure of filming a very beautiful film called Uncharted Waters Yes, uh, in Arkansas, which was about females. Did I ever
3: send you that link? You did. You did. I saw it. Uh, Our friend uh, Ashton Mallett. Uh, Ashton
1: Mallett and TJ. Actually, it wasn't Ashton Mallett at the time. It was, gosh, I don't even know what her maiden name was.
3: I don't either. I only know her as Ashton Mallett. A Black Duck Waterfowl.
1: Talk about yep. some great folks. Yeah, great folks. Ashton and TJ, great. We filmed with them. We filmed, and it was all about women in duck hunting, right? And this stigma associated with them. And Ashton being just a badass that she is. And, and Kara was another one who's just a badass duck caller. And then you had Kim, who Kim is like me. If I went duck hunting with TJ and his crew, I would never take a duck call out of the pocket. There's no reason for me to call. Kim was that person in the group. She's like, I'm, I like wearing makeup. I like having my lip gloss in my shotgun shell holder. And I don't need to call because Ashton and Kara are badass callers. Let them call. <laughs> I'll shoot the ducks. Let them call the ducks.
3: Oh my gosh. I love it. I, I guess I, I consider myself a mediocre caller, but uh, fun to hunt with. How about that?
1: Yeah, Sometimes it's, uh,
3: it's all about the memories.
1: You'd love Kim. You'd absolutely love Kim is the trip. Kim is the co-owner of Ren and Ivy. I don't know if you know of Ren and Ivy. Yes.
3: Okay. I, I follow them on social media.
1: Yeah. She's amazing. They're, the whole family is amazing.
3: Great. Yeah. So let's get
1: into Arkansas a little bit more. And the reason I wanted to have you on being a commissioner, um, you know, a lot of people don't understand the root or the foundation of wildlife
2: conservation on a on a state basis so can you can you explain like why and and
1: i'll maybe simply put it this way like why does arkansas have wildlife how is it how is it that arkansas has wildlife today
3: well let me start back with if you don't mind robbie uh the members of the commission, how we all came to be, and the decisions that we make, just kind of our makeup of it. So I serve with a group of seven total commissioners, plus a bonus commissioner, uh, who right now is Dr. Stephen Bupre. In our bylaws under Amendment 35, uh, we have a non-voting member of the commission who is always the head of the Department of Biology and Zoology for the University of Arkansas. So Dr. Bupre is a great resource for us and also a great friend in helping us make our decisions as far as rules. Great system. That's a great
1: little system.
3: Oh, yeah, as far as rules and regulations. So as far as the seven commissioners, uh, each congressional district in the state of Arkansas has to be represented. Uh, So right now, um, a gentleman named Philip Tappan from Little Rock just rolled on. Uh, We have Rob Finley from Mountain Home, myself from here in Little Rock. JD Neely from Camden, Stan Jones from Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, Benny Westfall from Fort Smith, Arkansas, and our chairman, Bobby Martin, for Rogers, Arkansas. So, and
1: how long are commissioners typically on the commission?
3: Seven years. So,
1: by statute,
3: yeah, it is seven, seven years. You don't get a repeat, you only get one shot. And if you resign or something happens to where you have to give up your seat, you the person who takes over that role is just finishing out your term. Uh, you wow. know They don't get a full seven years. Uh, and yes, you're appointed by the governor. It's a huge honor. Um, I was very surprised when, when it happened. Um, what
1: do you do as a day job, Anne-Marie?
3: As a day job, I actually work in the hardware business. I work for a company called Arkansas Bolt, and I'm in a business development role there. Uh, in the past, I've worked in sales, done... A few other odd jobs around the company, and now I've transitioned into this because, well, I like talking to people. I like developing relationships, so that's what I do.
2: Sure, uh, sure,
3: I, I love it. So it's uh, people get a little surprised when they hear that I'm in the hardware business. They're like, "Wait, that's kind of random." I said, "No, I mean it's it's actually really fun. I get to meet a lot of really cool people. A lot of people who love to hunt and fish that I get to take hunting and fishing, and I get to show Arkansas off. So it's a win-win." Yeah,
2: exactly. perfect.
3: Yeah, I'm doing what I love. So, and back to the commission um, basically, what the seven of us do is set the rules and regulation in regards to all fish and wildlife throughout the state of Arkansas. Um, so, of course, we work within the federal framework uh, of what we can do. Uh, and right now, let's see, our next regulation cycle is coming up. I know that we'll discuss things such as. From chronic wasting disease in deer,
2: Mm -hmm. all the way
3: all the way to uh, the season dates and bag limits for duck season over the years. Right. So, uh, of course, there's a lot more to it. Uh, That would be probably a two-hour conversation just going over all that. (laughs) But that's the gist of what we, as a commission, do.
1: So, you as a commission, um, sort of, as you say, you don't. You've got, there's an executive director for Arkansas Game and Fish.
3: You're almost
1: the advisory board for Game and Fish when it comes to laws and regulations.
3: That's correct. Uh, So, yes, we are, I guess, uh, the board, so to speak, overseeing the rules and regulations. And I guess kind of being a liaison between the staff and the public, uh, between science, public opinion, you name it. You know, there has yeah. to be a good balance. And, of course, anything we do, uh, we always have to fall back on science. That's something yeah, that's How important,
1: important is work. science to you, Anne-Marie? Obviously, you're, in a, you're a political appointee. Yes. Appointed by the governor with, you know, and, and here, don't, don't take this anyway. I'm just poking a little bit. That works in the hardware business, not a scientist. So science, you know, it, it can't really be that important, Right. Just, it's very it's a, it's important. Political, right? It's all your decisions are political, Henry. Come on.
3: Uh, no, no, it's not. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it as that. So if let me put it this way: if I were a biologist or a scientist, I would probably work for the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. Um, instead, I'm just a passionate outdoors woman who listens to science and I listen to the people and the information that's given to me in order to make sound decisions to better our state and wildlife for future generations. And I still have to, I have to be honest with you just, you know, getting personal for a minute. I still have to pinch myself every once in a while that I'm, that I'm in this position. It, it, this is a story really for another day, but it all kind of fell in my lap. Uh, I was actually approached by a former commissioner about possibly doing it and putting my name in the hat. And of course my response to, Said former commissioner was, "You're crazy. You can't make that decision. It has to be the governor." And he said, "I know, but I think that you should put your name in and do it anyway." So well, I didn't get put on this commission because I'm a scientist and because I know everything. Um, I was put on this commission because I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to help. That's the best way to describe it.
1: Well, I think the thing that you just glossed over, which is, and I've had the same conversation with commissioners out of out of Arizona, is. There's a huge weight on your shoulders, Anne-Marie. I don't live in the state of Arkansas, but if I did, you are in charge of the resources for my kids and my grandkids one day. That's right. And you better not mess it up.
3: Yep. That's right. I'm confident. I I am. I'm confident that we're... It's not a small matter. It's not. It's a very important matter. It's a matter that at times has kept me up at night um, thinking about issues, whether... We're making the right choice on, uh, for instance, uh, putting regulations on bait, on baiting and feeding in chronic wasting disease zones. You know, is that is that the right thing to do um, for people that have done it for so long for deer hunting? Well, you have to look at at all different angles. You have to look at it as from the hunter's perspective, and you have to look at it for the health of the resource um, for chronic wasting disease. While well, I'm on that, are we going to cure it? Um, I hope someday, but right now, no, I, I don't want to give off the message that we're doing that, but we have to make decisions to protect our resource, being the deer to at least slow the spread. If we sat mm-hmm. back and did nothing, mm-hmm. then I think it would be a disservice to our hunters and a disservice to our resource. Mm-hmm. Do you have kids, Anne-Marie? Uh, no, I have a wiener dog in a lab. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, I'm like you. You just, uh, you were like, I was like, hey, Robbie, did you put your kids down yet? You said, oh, uh, yeah, they're, uh, I'm the not Savages are, are savages. in the bed.
1: <laughs> they are savage. That's they're funny. absolute savages.
3: No, no kids. Uh, Joe and I will have kids someday, though. Okay.
1: So Okay.
3: Yeah. yeah and hopefully dumb. you'll enjoy the same resources and upbringing that I've gotten to enjoy. I'm very lucky.
1: No, I think. I respect the fact that you're thinking that way because I think I, you know, I want to get across in this podcast with you that there is a bit of a human context to the commission, right? To commissioners, a lot of people believe, and, and rightfully so, that hey, it's a political animal, it's a political position pushed there by the governor kind of deal. But when you scratch below that surface, there's still a lot of humanity there that. Really is reflective on the serious nature of the job that you have in front of you.
3: Right. And, uh, you know, another aspect of it, and I think what stood out to me is that I am a businesswoman, and something that we also have to be at Game and Fish is fiscally responsible, where we're putting our money Um, and what we're doing to better our state's wildlife habitats and resources, um, whether or not we're giving people enough public access. That's another big thing that goes into it. So, um, so really, let's talk
1: about giving people yeah. public access. Let's talk about hunting
2: opportunities. Let's talk about hunters providing. Right? Ooh, we, right. We, John Bear,
1: I'm, you don't know who John Bear is. You may know who John Bear is. John Bear is a guy out of Utah. We featured him on Blood Origins. He's an auctioneer. He's famous for his auctioneer. He does all the big auctions. Dallas Safari Club, Wild Sheep Foundation is phenomenal. But he has a saying
2: that I really like, which is, we have wildlife because we hunt wildlife.
1: And there is no truer statement out there, especially as it it relates to the non-hunter who doesn't quite understand why the state of Arkansas, let's use the state of Arkansas as an example, why the state of Arkansas has wildlife. Why do you have bears? Why do you have elk? Why do you have waterfowl? And the reason is is because hunters have tags, licenses, license fees, that they buy, their tags and licenses for. Right. And that goes into the state of Arkansas, the Game and fish Coffers. And then there's another thing called Pitman Robertson. and Dingle Johnson, Dingle Johnson being fishing, Pittman Robertson being hunting, which is a self-imposed excise tax back in the 1930s by hunter advocacy groups and stakeholder groups to say, we're okay with you taxing us to a point of about 11% on ammunition, on guns, on apparel, on anything hunting related. There's an excise tax that nobody really sees. But it turns out that all of that money is received into the coffers of the federal government and then is distributed. To the states via a specific formula. We're not going to get into the formula today, right? But it is—it's distributed by a specific formula, and so all
3: by hunting licenses and landmass,
1: hundred percent. So, yeah. So, do you have a? You may have the data at your fingertips, or I'm maybe putting you on the spot right now. But, Henry, do you have an idea of how much money comes into the state of Arkansas on an annual basis? Look at you doing your research already, pulling it out.
3: I mean, it, it's funny you say this. I happen to have a uh, Excel spreadsheet right in front of me. Uh, so as far as federal aid that came in, uh, let's see, let's start with 2019, 2020. Our fiscal year runs from July to July. Um, and we received $21 million in federal aid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. stop, that- stop, stop,
1: stop, stop, stop. $21 million. That's
3: right, $21 million.
1: And where did that 21 million come from?
3: Hunters and anglers. And this, so in these numbers, it's actually Both
1: uh PR and DJ. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's combined. But yeah, 21 million. And then in 2020, 2021, uh, we received 19 million actually in federal funding.
1: Okay. So, so now, that pays for your million dollar salary, right?
3: Yeah, my million dollar salary, because we get paid for being commissioners and, and no <laughs> this. It is a it is a volunteer job. I, I'm just happy to be here. Trust me on that. I would do this job a hundred times over for free. That's how much I'm enjoying it and how much I've learned. So federal aid and of course federal aid comes in all different aspects. Now I must say, out of that 19 million, uh, 16 million dollars of that did come from whisper dollars, the wildlife sport fish restoration funds. So that is what we received from that. And license sales over the past year, uh, $30 million out of, that goes into our budget. And then also in Arkansas, I don't know if you're familiar with Amendment 75, but we get one-eighth of 1% uh, conservation sales tax, which 45% of that goes to the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. 40, and the other 45% goes to State Parks, Department of Heritage, and then the rest goes to the Keep Arkansas Beautiful Commission.
1: Oh, very cool. And that's a general and, tax to the public of our, the mm-hmm. state of
2: Arkansas.
3: That's Amazing. right. And uh, that is huge to us and benefits uh, sportsmen and women alike and outdoor enthusiasts, uh, hikers, bikers, you name it. Um, and we receive uh, $39 million of that. So we're very fortunate to have uh, Amendment 75. It was enacted in 1996. So... It's been around for quite some time. It is our lifeline. And, you know, you look at this, you're looking at about a $90 million budget and you think, wow, like Game and Fish, they're they're flush with cash. Keep in mind that we have over 600 employees to employ throughout the state, uh, an enforcement division included under that umbrella, and a few stats here. so. We are talking about. I wrote I wrote all this down because this is something that I literally cannot remember for the life of me as far as these stats. 115 buildings, 520 miles of access roads, 438 water control structures, 50 wells and relief pumps, 320 miles of levees, 278 miles of canals, boat lanes, and channels water courses, ninety-seven road and foot bridges, three hundred and sixty-four miles of trails, one hundred and seventy-seven boat ramps, four hundred and fifty-five parking areas, two hundred and sixty-seven camping areas, eleven public restrooms. The list goes on.
1: And this is all being paid for out of the Arkansas Game and Fish through commission. both uh, commission, through both a general tax on the state of Arkansas as well as hunter dollars yeah. coming into the state.
3: Yes. And also conservation projects uh, throughout the state, such as uh, I do want to bring up one in particular that was made possible uh, by Pittman Robinson Dollars that is actually a huge success story to provide access. Uh, And it's called Frog Bayou Wildlife Management Area. And it's actually in the northwestern part of the state. You know, when Mm -hmm. people think about Waterfowl hunting, they think of South Arkansas, Stuttgart area. But in 2017, in a partnership with NRCS and Ducks Unlimited, uh, the AGFC purchased uh, 1,300 acres to be added to an existing 741-acre wildlife management area. And And so it was purchased through the partnerships, but now it's managed through Pittman Robinson. Mm. Actually, in 2022, we're working on putting some more and more soil units up there mm. and really developing it even more. And it's gotten so popular. We're getting so much traffic up there and it's close to the universities, uh, University of sure, Arkansas, sure. Fort Smith, short drive yep. from there, and also a short drive from the University of Arkansas, Fayetteville. Yep. So talk about, you know, people that are just getting interested in hunting, uh, and, Maybe they don't have, you know, a boat or all the equipment or anything like that. Going to an area such as this is actually the perfect entryway because it's very easily accessible and convenient to them. And also, people are having success uh, duck hunting up there, mm-hmm. so it's a win-win.
1: So, why is public access such an issue? Um, well, I know the answer to this, so maybe it's a it's a rhetorical question, right? Public access is it, right?
3: Yeah, public access is it, and we need more of it. But you know what? For what, for what we have, Arkansas is doing pretty dang good as far as, as far as having access to these places. So for a small state, we're actually very lucky.
1: Do you know the percentage of public land in Arkansas?
3: Uh, well, I can tell you that 90% is publicly, or, I'm sorry, is privately owned.
1: Okay, so you've so, got about 10% public yeah. land. So, right. so projects like that are incredibly valuable.
3: Yeah, exactly. And um, also another another project uh, that has been done with wildlife restoration dollars is actually a new shooting range up in Jonesboro. Shifting gears to the other part of the state because amended in the Pittman Robinson Act several years later was they added a clause to where uh, funds could also be spent for educational purposes That's right. and for right. range. So uh, another success story with Pittman-Robinson is our partnership with the city of Jonesboro, Arkansas. Um, it's an over $10 million project. And for AGFC's contribution, we're using all Pittman-Robinson dollars, and uh, it's going to cost around $2 million of that.
1: Wow a 10 million dollar shooting facility in the city of Jonesboro. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's going to be really nice. Oh my gosh. So, we need
1: to go back to Jonesboro. Yeah, and
3: I know, no kidding. So, and this is so important, Robbie, because we talk about getting more hunters and the importance of why do we do this? Why uh, why do we go through, you know, these education centers because we need hunters. We need them to be informed. And I've heard this so many times, you know, why does Game and Fish build nature centers, shooting ranges? You know, I didn't learn how to hunt or fish going to a place like that. Yeah, you didn't. But someone else did. Mm-hmm. And it's made an impact in their life. And now this shooting range, I don't know if you know this, but our uh, Arkansas Youth Shooting Sports Program for trap shooting is the largest in the country. Really? Over 6,000 kids go through that. Amazing. And that's a way it is. And in order to get um, in order to get into that program through their school, they have to pass a hunter education. So that's a way to get them into our system uh, for the future, maybe reactivate. Maybe they didn't grow up hunting, but hey, they grew up doing shooting sports. Yeah. So they've already got one yeah. thing knocked out. And that's something that we're incredibly proud of because with shooting sports, there's no boundaries. It, it doesn't matter what background you come from. You're, you're a part of the team yeah. and you're supporting conservation, whether you realize it or not. Uh, so places like this and partnerships that we have to make this happen are incredibly important. And it benefits us in the future as far as engaging these new hunters and anglers. Yeah,
1: there's so many cool little nuanced things, right? I love the, the elements of like, oh, if you want to participate in the shooting program, you have to have your hunter's education. And sort of get them mm-hmm. in the system, right. right? No, that's and you've mm-hmm. got that eighth of a percent tax generally across the state, investing back in conservation. It's it's great. Yeah. I really really like it. Um, let's finish up with a couple of things. Uh, finish. Yeah, let's finish. Or
3: we can keep
1: talking what? it can't whatever mean. you want. We can keep talking. Jeez.
3: I got like ten you more things 10 to more talk about, man. To bring <laughs> <out>. <laughs> Yeah, like, I've got facts. Come on.
1: Well, let's, uh, let me ask you this question. Give me a rundown of the types of projects that the commission invests in using PR dollars. You've given me an example of public access. You've given me an example of mm-hmm. a shooting range. What else do you invest in?
3: So uh, I do want to tell you, we, yes, we invest in infrastructure around the state. Um, so that is another big deal, but another big project that I can specifically talk about that we're using Pittman Robinson dollars for, uh, earlier I referenced chronic wasting disease Mm -hmm. and actually we're in partnership with the university of Georgia, uh, to study, um, mortality rates and chronic wasting disease as a whole up in North central Arkansas and as far as I know, it's it's the first of its kind. I wish I could go into more detail on the ins and outs of it. Honestly, I, I'd have to have uh, one of our folks here explaining it. I've got a general idea, but it's pretty incredible what we're doing. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty hefty project. Well, I'm glad you brought um, up research
1: here. because I, that was one of the things that I knew happened, you know, in the state of Mississippi, for instance. You know, MDWFP, yeah. same as Arkansas Game and Fish. You guys fund research in the state that helps understand Mm -hmm. wildlife, understands wildlife better. What is it? You know, the interactions between wildlife and habitat all towards, and I know it from a Mississippi perspective, I'm sure Game and Fish does, is that every year the research that's funded through the universities or wherever it's getting funded, they all come together with the biologists of MDWP. I'm using Mississippi as an example here. They came together. And they presented the data and you have all the biologists in the room and you have the wildlife director in the room and everyone is almost like just, you know, g would up because this is like the future, right? Oh, okay, we're doing some turkey research and we're doing some bear research and we're doing, Mm -hmm. and what did did you find? And, oh, how can we use that information now? How can Anne-Marie, the state of Arkansas, through the research that you're investing in, how can I use that information to better the resource? for the state of Arkansas and the future of that resource for the
3: state of Arkansas? Through, ex- through research such as this. I mean, that's why it's so incredibly important. Um, so that is one big project that we're working on, not only for Arkansas, but actually for state other states who... Uh, are battling chronic wasting disease as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So we're really on the forefront of research with uh, with what we're doing. So I look forward really to what comes along with that. And, you know, you talk about, you mentioned turkey a little while ago, uh, the habitat work that we do as far as uh, control burns, going into uh, our our lands to benefit turkey, quail, uh, pollinators, you name it. I mean, there's just so many opportunities that we would not have if it was not for our hunters Yep. and for our anglers as yep. well. You know, for Daniel Johnson, it goes into uh, research and education for uh, sport fish in the state of Arkansas. So- um, both of those acts, I mean, I read off to you our budget earlier, oh, oh, incredibly amazing. a big, big piece of the puzzle.
1: And that's just the state of Arkansas, right? And you've got everyone listening to this, the same, you know, not the same amount, but there is, and I said PR and DJ money earlier, and that was just me colloquializing PR being Pittman Robertson, uh, DJ being Dingle Johnson monies, but there's money coming into every state in the union. As a result of the excise tax that's being placed on firearms, ammunition, and all sorts of hunting-related apparel and equipment across the United States,
3: and it's important to note that uh, you know even with uh, with guns and bullets uh, that. Only a small portion of those that are bought are actually from hunters. You know, there's a lot of recreational shooters out there that are also. Yeah, that's a good statement. Yeah, that are also giving into it too. So it's a full deal. And um, not only does all of this funding benefit the hunters, I think it's important for people to know that it betters that it makes it better for bird watchers, um, hikers, uh, outdoor photography. You name it. We have a lot of unique users out Mm. there who enjoy our wildlife management areas. Frog Bayou that I was talking about earlier, it has almost just as many birders out there as there is duck hunters.
1: Yeah, and how many of those birders? You know, I've always had this idea, and I'm actually going to start doing it. Whenever, so we travel a lot, right, to film people and whatnot, and we come across some really unique people, and I'd love to come across a birder and just put a camera up and just say, Hey, I want to ask you a question.
2: And they're at frog by you, for instance, and say, Do you know who paid for this land that you're actually on?
1: And when you say the, the answer is hunters, and they're not a hunter, and almost get their reaction, right? Their reaction could be, Oh, my, I never knew, or I, I hate hunting. It's like, Well, yeah, you hate hunting but the land that you're on the land that you are now burning on the land that you love so much that you have access to yes there is some money that came from your pocket given amendment 75 but there is a vast majority that came from this thing called pr i'd love to do those sort of just on the cuff just like hey what do you think kind yeah. of video snippets right
3: Really, to see to see what they say because uh, I think in the past a lot of people have not known that. Now I do think that our message is getting out there that it does benefit people as a whole. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's getting better. But yeah, there are people that that just don't know that if it wasn't for hunters and anglers, that area could be a come and go or something. I mean, that, that's just the reality.
1: Hilarious! Yeah, absolutely, absolutely correct, Anne Marie. Um, one, you've been awesome. Number two, anything left on your heart that you'd like to articulate out to the thousands, millions of people that listen to this podcast?
3: I can think of a lot of things.
1: That's on your heart right now?
3: Yeah. I've always got stuff got rolling through my brain. It's always, it's always churning, Robbie. It's always churning. Well,
1: look, this is what so we need to do. Now, How about this? Yeah. We need to convince our f- dear friends, Ashton and TJ, we don't have to duck hunt if we do. It's an extra bonus. But let's...
3: You can come duck hunt at my place if we can't go with them. All come right, on.
1: We'll go <laughs> duck hunting. Let's, uh, let's connect in over duck season and let's do this again. And uh, yeah, let's share more of the, the commission's heart to the world in terms of what hunting means to you and why you take your job so seriously.
3: Absolutely. I, I do want to, I, I do have one, one thing that I want to leave with. And that is for those listening out there. Obviously you're passionate about the outdoors, passionate about hunting and fishing. Take someone new. Mm. That's it. Just take someone new.
1: Just take one person.
3: That's right. It, it could be, it could change their life.
1: A hundred percent. It could absolutely change their life. Anne-Marie, it's been awesome. I, uh, I was, uh, I've been waiting a month for this conversation, given how busy this is, but it was well worth the wait.
3: Well, thank you, Robbie. Thank you so much for having me. Any chance I get to get out and tell the story of Game and Fish, it's always a pleasure, really.
1: No, thank you. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.